When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome, friends, to the OFNT Podcast. Yeah, it's episode 178, which I'm calling Wannabe DJ Turned Podcaster. Man, I'm already seeing those back-to-school adverts, which signals the beginning of the end of summer. Boy, that seemed to go by quick. Now on with the show, as they say... Tech news. I thought last week was scarce on tech news, but I was mistaken. This week was even more difficult scraping up stories that I found interesting. Well, anyway, first up, TechRadar reports that Microsoft's Bing AI-based chatbot is coming to a mobile device near you. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Well, I guess this artificial intelligence is a thing, huh? Yes. After first announcing that they were testing out Bing Chat on third-party web browsers earlier this year... Microsoft has announced that they're bringing the chatbot to mobile devices as well. Now, I don't know if this will be in the form of a standalone app or just extensions to web browsers. Perhaps both. The article or blog post didn't make this clear, but according to Microsoft, the best results will be obtained while using their own Edge browser, which probably means other versions will be somehow crippled. I guess the goal here is to get more users for the Edge browser, but that may backfire as the mobile version of Edge seems to lag in basic features, like dark mode and voice input, for example, which other mobile browsers already rock. I guess time will tell. I have the mobile version of Edge loaded on my iPhone, and to be honest, after having tried the ChatGPT-powered chatbot for search, I found myself using the old method to find info. Well, for me, it's just... Much quicker to do so, and easier. Well, it's official. Microsoft has killed off their pioneering virtual assistant, Cortana. The company announced back in June that it was doing so, giving a sometime in 2023 time frame. Well, I guess that time is now, according to Tech Radar. 
If you attempt to access Cortana on Windows 11, you'll be notified that it's no longer available. Well, for now, Cortana lives on within the company's teams, but it's scheduled to suffer the same fate later this year, leaving only Outlook Mobile the only place Cortana will survive. It's predicted that Cortana will be deleted from Outlook sometime next year. As a user of the now-defunct Windows Phone mobile operating system, I enjoyed Cortana, who, in my opinion, was the best of the virtual assistants available at the time. I know all things eventually come to an end, but at least for me, it's still a sad occasion. During the pandemic and the resulting lockdowns, China. Video conferencing became a necessity for some, and no other company than Zoom benefited more from this. Zoom went from zero to hero seemingly overnight. As I've reported many, perhaps too many times in the past on this podcast, Zoom was coded over in mainland China, and its servers were located there when Zoom was first launched. It didn't take long before security researchers had a field day discovering horrific security holes contained within the code for the app, and let's be honest... With servers located in a sort of hostile country, you just know the user's data was being siphoned off by the Ministry of State Security, the odious MSS. That and Zoom censoring some users at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party didn't help either. Zoom has since moved, allegedly, U.S. users' data stateside, but many suspect the CPC still has a backdoor into it as many Zoom employees are still located in China. See TikTok for an example. I never loaded that app onto any of my devices and instead use FaceTime and Microsoft Teams for my video conferencing needs, and I feel you should too, based on an article from thestreet.com. Currently, when you open a Zoom meeting, you're required to consent to the company's ownership of the customer's content and all data that's recorded. And that's everything that's recorded, including transcripts and files exchanged during the Zoom chat. If that wasn't scary enough, as of July 27th, That consent now includes using your data and files to help train Zoom's artificial intelligence, which could include your voice, though the company denies that. You are also granting Zoom a, quote, perpetual worldwide non-exclusive royalty-free, unquote, license to use and process your content in any way. Upon the announcement of this new consent, Zoom's stock lost 1% of its value. My advice is to stay far, far away from Zoom. There are many other video conferencing apps out there, and if you don't want to use the two examples I gave previously, there's Google Meet and Ring Central to name two of many. Due to customer backlash, well, more likely because of critical tech press reporting and a downward moving stock valuation, Zoom now says it will not use any customer content for AI training. This as reported by Engadget.com. Yeah, I believe them. I really do. Honestly, I trust them. <laughs> China's internet giants order $5 billion of NVIDIA chips to power AI ambition, reads the headline from Reuters. Now, that's a lot of letters by any standard, I'd say. The companies that placed the orders were Baidu, ByteDance, Tencent, and Alibaba. You know, the usual suspects. This order also includes $4 billion worth of graphic chips. Because of restrictions placed on the export of chips to China, these won't be the -the top-of-the-line chips from NVIDIA. Upon the signing of the legislation ushering in these restrictions this past Wednesday, NVIDIA's finance chief lamented that restrictions on exports of AI chips to China would, quote, result in a permanent loss of opportunities for the U.S. industries, unquote. Well, five billion bucks sounds like a lot of opportunity to me. You know, these globalists would or have sold out their countries and souls for profit, in my opinion. 
What say you? According to an article from TechRadar.com, Android phones can now detect unwanted Apple AirTags. Well, the headline is kind of misleading, as the real story is that Google has just released an update to its Android operating system that will detect unwanted Bluetooth tracking devices of all makes and models, not just AirTags. To activate this feature, open your Android phone's setting app and scroll down to the Safety and Emergency section if you're using Android 12 or newer. Or if you're using Android 11 or older, select Personal Safety instead. Scroll to the bottom and click on Unknown Tracker Alerts and then select Allow Alerts. This should be on by default, but hey, you never know. At the bottom of this menu is a Scan Now button, which will allow you to do a manual scan. You know, I'm actually thinking of purchasing an AirTag for my vehicle due to the increase of theft we are experiencing in this area, as well as the rest of the country, unfortunately. One of the updates coming for iOS 17, which is now live via the public beta, is the ability to clone your own voice. This is supposed to be used if you have a voice disability, but I'm sure many people that don't have any disability of this type will go ahead and clone their voice just because they can. I haven't done so, but I must admit I'm thinking of doing so. Why? Well, just because I can. The only thing that stopped me from already doing this is that it requires a quiet place and it takes up to an hour to complete the process. Though I live in the suburbs, the noise level is ridiculously high here because of the furious construction of multi-tenant dwellings and the street I reside on is a cut-through to three major roads. You know how the old saying goes, you'll own nothing and be happy. I'll add on to that statement, whether you like it or not. Being that it's summertime and the weather is easy, as the old song goes, everybody is out and about until the wee hours of the morning. Loud cars and motorcycles equipped with loud pipes tooling up and down the street at speed in order to get to or from their so-called brand new luxury apartments. Anyway, it will calm down somewhat come autumn, and when it does, I'll test out this voice cloning feature, and I'll let you know how it goes. Business Insider is running a story about how Apple who once ruled the K-12 through grade academic world, has ceded that rule to Google and its Chrome operating system and Chromebooks. And how this doesn't bode well for future generations' willingness to buy and use Apple products. Though Apple has attempted to push the iPad as the company's solution for this particular market, that product is still way more expensive than the humble Chromebook and its free cloud-based applications. As you can guess, like most things, it all comes down to money. <laughs> Of course, teachers and admin types favor the cheapness of using Chromebooks as it saves more of the school budget so it can go towards upgrading teachers' lounges and salaries. Well, at least the school district in my area uses most of the budget for those things. We spend more than any other country on education but are rapidly falling behind the rest of the world in basic and advanced education. Why? Well, there's a multitude of reasons. Just watch teachers on TikTok and you'll get an idea if you don't already know the answer to that. How dare you? Anyway, the great thing about using cloud-based applications is that all you require is an internet connection and access to a browser. Presently, Apple is the perceived premium hardware brand, and just because children are using Chromebooks during their time in grade school, it won't stop them from purchasing Apple products in the future. It will stay this way unless Google steps up and starts polishing their software and again start producing premium Chromebooks. And that's something I don't think the big G has the motivation or attention span to accomplish. What do you think? Tech I'm using. My future tech plans are, well, shall I say, fluid at the moment. 
I've been whining for quite some time now about needing a new desktop. I've decided to go with an iMac, but just not the current model. That's because the Intertube's rumor mill is reporting that the 24-inch iMac is due to get a upgrade real soon now. I'd just hate to be the guy who plunks down some dough today for an iMac, only to find out that the model received a refresh the following week. What I do plan on doing is trading my old Intel-chipped 2019 MacBook Air towards one of those newfangled M2-chipped 15-inch screened Airs. This should happen next month if all goes according to plan. I'll be keeping my 2019 MacBook Pro for the time being. I'll probably trade it in sometime in the new year. Other than these things, there's really nothing going on with tech I'm using. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertainment news. The actors and writer strike is still going on with no end in sight. I guess we'll be seeing the effects of this come fall when all the new shows and new episodes of established shows are due to be released. Well, Disney had a earnings call and it didn't paint a good picture for the company. The CEO again doubled down on diversity, inclusion and equity. I guess this is so the company can still borrow money to counterbalance its tremendous losses of the year. The lead actress for the supposed upcoming Snow White movie seems to be single-handedly destroying any chance the movie had of making a profit by saying stupid things during press interviews. Everyone seems to find Rachel Zegler insufferable no matter what politics they identify with. I find the young lady to be arrogant beyond her years, acting as if she's already a megastar with many successful movies under her belt. Truth is, she hasn't been in any movies that actually were a hit in her short career, and the way she's presenting herself, she might not have much of a career ahead of her. I guess this behavior is just another sign of the times. 
The good news this week, well, at least for me, is that the series Only Murders in the Building has returned for its, what, uh, third season, I think. I enjoy that show, but I'm going to wait until autumn before watching any new episodes, so I have something to look forward to. Plus, the show is set in the winter, and I like continuity. And finally, in honor of the apparent passing of the digital assistant Cortana, I'm watching the so far one and only season of Halo on Paramount+. Plus. Cortana plays a large part of that show's plot. Podcast news. Consolidation is the word being bandied around the podcasting incorporated world as the great contraction continues. One of my staples, the Daybreak Insider Daily News Brief podcast, hasn't had an episode since July 18th. This has left me scrambling for a replacement, and so far the search for a balanced news type show has been futile. I hope the show is just on summer hiatus and will be returning soon and is not a victim of said contraction. In the meantime, do you have any suggestions for me? Drop me an email if you do. As far as this show, the OFNT podcast goes, once you do me a favor and either make a donation or listen to what ads are inserted or do both, I have to justify my labor to the one who must be obeyed somehow. Yeah, it's gotten that bad. Most of my audience now is located outside of the United States, and I thank you all for listening. If you've noticed, I've made some improvements. At least I think they're improvements to the show. I'm still tweaking things, and if you have any suggestions for me, well, I'm all ears. As soon as things settle down in my personal life, I'll be able to devote more time and energy to the show, so please bear with me. I really can use your feedback, though, so don't hesitate contacting me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com or at OFNT Podcast on Twitter. Uh, email would be more preferable. Yes, it's story time. The recent telling of stories from the two years I spent in the United Kingdom has jogged another memory within the cobweb crevices of my old fart mind. Instead of regaling you with tales from my adventures in Oxford as I had planned for this week... I'm instead going to tell you about my first serious attempt at recording spoken word audio. Way back in those olden days, we didn't have the internet. Wow! Much less RSS feeds and podcasting. Wow! Yeah, those were tough times. Despite these limitations, I still managed to have some success in spoken word audio by recording cassette tapes and mailing them to my good friend and musician Tony back in the States from England. Tony and I had bonded over our love for music with me just content to listen while he learned how to play guitar. Back then, radio ruled and the all-powerful disc jockey could make or break a band by either playing their music on air or ignoring them. If your band didn't get any airplay, you basically didn't exist. Being that was, I was lucky enough to be living in England, I was exposed to a myriad of bands that hadn't yet been heard of in the United States market. Some of these bands would go on to be big acts in the States, while others weren't so lucky. To share these newly discovered bands with Tony, I purchased two microphones. I think they were made by Akai, but uh, I'm not sure. And I plugged them into the inputs on my Marantz integrated audio amplifier and played disc jockey in between the music I was sharing via a Marantz turntable while recording it all on my Pioneer cassette deck. I would pick an album and do what is now known as a deep dive on it. Playing disc jockey also allowed me to fill up a 60 or later 90 minute tape, which were the ones I used. I'd open up by telling about what concert I'd been to and what venue I saw them at. I'd then share what album I was going to play and give a background on what I knew about the band. 
Remember, there, there was no internet back then, so the personnel that made up a band were a mystery. I also announced the title of each track just like a real-life disc jockey. One of the first tapes I recorded for Tony featured an up-and-coming band named Judas Priest. Not only did I like the band, but I was excited to find out that the band recorded a couple of their albums in a studio located in Chippy Norton. As you know, or if you don't know, I'm telling you, I live just outside of that city and walked by that very studio on my way to the record store every time I visited. Judas Priest was then unknown in the United States, and the first tape I made featured the band's debut album, Rockarola. Upon listening to the tape, Tony wrote back to me that he had enjoyed the music and requested that I send more examples of Judas Priest. Now inspired, future tapes were made by running through the band's entire catalog up until that time. I went home on leave around Christmas that year and was surprised that not only had the tapes I sent Tony been shared with other people, but he had actually made copies of them and handed them out. I was known as the guy from the tape and basked in the little bit of local fame I had attained. Upon my return to England, I continued making those tapes featuring bands such as Budgie, Steve Hillage, and a host of others whose names I've forgotten. I even recorded a live performance of Judas Priest from a BBC concert and sent it stateside. When the band finally hit the States, Tony marveled at how calm their live performances seemed compared to the ones the band gave in the States. I guess being perpetually excited was perceived by English bands as the way to perform in front of an American audience. The tapes that Tony liked the most were the live recordings of known in the U.S. acts, as well as unknown works, well, unknown in the U.S. at least, of these acts. He also liked hearing music from known bands output that hadn't yet been released in the United States. Well, all that recording and ad hoc DJing came to an end when I returned permanently to the United States after two years. When my military career ended, I moved back to this area and found Tony still performing with his band. Well, my taste in music had changed by then, first to New Wave and finally settling into what's now known as alternative music. Well, I guess I was destined to find podcasting eventually, as it appears I really like the sound of my own voice. Well, the music is playing and another episode has begun to end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be greatly appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you, so drop me a line. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And just like that, this episode and the summer season is winding down. So, why don't you join both and get off my lawn? Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. 
Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.